Avram planted an Eshel in Be'er Sheva. What an Eshel is, some say that an Eshel is an acronym for Achilashti Levoya, a place of eating, drinking, and accompaniment, a place where guests were taken care of. Some people say it was an orchard. Uh, so Avram creates this place in Be'er Sheva, and he calls out the name of Hashem, Kel Oilam. We'll see later what Kale Elam means, but literally Kale Elam means God world. And Chesizik emphasizes that Avram didn't just teach people that the Abisher was a master of the world, the God of the world, that the world itself is godly. The world itself is godliness. Rishlakish says, the Pasuk literally says, an Avram called out in the name of God. Said Reish Lakish, do not read the words to say he called out himself. Rather, should reread those words and retranslate them to say, and he call, caused others to call out the name of Hashem. It wasn't he did it himself. Rather, he caused others to call out the name of Hashem. He spread the name of God. From here we see that Abram Avinu caused the name of Hashem to be called out by, all the, by the mouths of all passerby. Pelashat Sadikim, look at the words, Oiver Vashav, those who pass by and they notice something. They notice it says, Oiver Vashav, those who pass by and returned. Aramin is causing people who pass by to call out the name of Hashem, but the Gemara phrases it, those who passed and came back. I think it was Asfasemus who said, there are people who were passing by Avram's tent and they were looking a little bit like they needed help. And they were like, standing in the corner and they're passing by again. And everyone's like, okay, this, 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 one, this one is, is he's ready. <laughs> he's ready. If he's, if he's looking outside and he's like wandering, he's ready. Other, other Pelashat Siddiquim say the word Oiver Vashav means those who transgressed a sin and wanted to do, do tshuva. Apparently he didn't, he didn't accept Siddiquim in his tent. Those who uh, tasted the Ebishta a little bit, they, they didn't have air, they did tshuva, okay. They're right to come to Ramstad. That's just a deeper explanation. The Pashup Shat is he caused Hashem's name to be called by those who pass by. Kate said, How do you do this? People had already filled, had their fill of food and drink. They stood up and they wanted to thank him and bless him. So Avram would tell them, Did you eat what belongs to me? You ate what belongs to the master of the world, the God of the world. Thank, praise, and bless the one by whose word, the one who spoke, and the world came to be. As mentioned before, that's the meaning of Avram planting this Eishel Mereshava. Eishel means an acronym for eating, drinking, and accompaniment. The Gemara says it's not sufficient to give your guests food and drink, you also have to accompany them on their journey, make sure that they have provisions for the way. Rashi quotes this Pasuk when he uh, explains the um, statement of the Gemara, our brothers who do kindness, who continue and hold on to the covenant of Avraham. So what, what is the meaning of doing kindness as is is the covenant of Avram, it means they provide your guests with food, drink, and accompaniment. Pr- provisions for the way. 
make sure they did not only are uh, well fed, but now the next destination they're they're okay. There, there are um, uh, obligations to walk with outside with your guest, and there's another obligation to make sure your guest actually has somewhere to go. So that's the that's the what's unique about the, unique about the city of Avraham that they they do kindness and they uh, take care of their guests. They're hospitable. So through this hotel, he publicized Hashem's name in the world. Okay, that's the simple story. From this, from this is understood the mouth of Avinu that Avinu had two virtues. Aleph, virtue number one is that he publicized Hashem's name in the world. Why was this a virtue? What was unique? Why was this unique? People made a mistake in the generation of a man named Enosh. And they made a mistake and they thought God left the world in the hands of the stars and the zodiac. And they had a good reason for saying that. They said the world is too low for Hashem to pay attention to. The creatures of the world are, are too inferior to be worthy of God's attention. The world's too low, the Abishter is too perfect, he's too great, he's too, he's too wonderful, he's too infinite. Why would he care about what's going on here? It can't be that he's interested in what's going on in here, and it must be that he left the world, and the one that's conducting the world now is not someone else that he appointed, the stars, the zodiac, but he has nothing to do with this world, because this world is too inferior. Avram you know, came along and he explained to them, no, the Abishter is the God of the world. He is still the Abishter. Not just that he created the world, but he's still involved intimately with every single creature by divine, with divine providence. Aye, they have good claim. What does Avram do about their claim? God is exalted. And that his glory is in the heavens. So how does Avram counterclaim but they're saying that, I've, that Hashem's glory is only in the heavens. He explained to them, the opposite, he told them. God's glory is not in the heavens. Instead, the whole world is full of His glory. And if your question is, Avram said, because God is too exalted, He lowers Himself to see what's going on, both in the heavens and the earth. Your understanding that the world is too low for him, and the and he only deals with the stars and the zodiac, and he gave the world in their hands. Avram said they are equal distant from Hashem. Right, the heavens and earth are equally insignificant, and so therefore his interest is because he's interested. It's not because he is too exalted to have to do with the earth. Therefore, he's in the heaven. The heaven and earth are equally insignificant, insignificant to him. According to your logic, he shouldn't be in the heavens either. Right, right. If you talk about Shem's exaltedness, then he's more, is beyond heaven also. There's a similar, uh, we discussed it a few times, there's a similar uh, disparity uh, argument between the Arizal and the Ramak, the Havdil. The, I'm not saying the Havdil and the Arizal and the Ramak, between the Ayodhya the Zara and the Arizal and the Ramak. The Ramak said, that there's a greater distance between Atsilus and Hashem's infinity than uh, this, this world and Atsilus. This world and Atsilus is very different, it's very far, 
But compared to Hashem's infinity, Atzilus is even farther from Hashem's infinity than this world is from Atzilus. That's what Ramak said. But the Arizal didn't like that. Arizal said, if according to your logic, there's a greater distance or greater change, there's a greater inferiority of this world and compared to God's infinity, then Atzilus does. Atzilus is considered inferior compared to Hashem's essence. And this world is considered even more inferior. And so Arizal said that, that that's not true. He said, instead, rather, compared to Hashem, said, oh, peri is gekum in lubavish, what's machzara peri? So, rather, oh, you could have came today because today I didn't send out a, a copy. Want to take a coffee? It's kosher today. <laughs> there is. Right. Take a tea, take a coffee, it's kosher. Should I take my own advice and take a tea? Arizal takes issue with Ramak. Ramak says that more than Atzilus is, is that this world is distant from Atzilus, Atzilus is distant from the Ein Sof. So Arizal says that's hard, you can't say that because according to that, this world is even more distant than the Ein Sof than Atzilus is. If you say this world is in, more in, is, is, is farther, that Atzilus is farther from the Ein Sof than this world, okay, so it's, it's, Hashem is way beyond Atzilus, but this world is even more inferior than Atzilus is. It's farther distant from the main stuff. Therefore, the result says that there's a concept called Tzimtzum. And because of Tzimtzum, the Abishter is equally Be'ena Reich and comparable to Atzilus as he is to this world. This is similar to what Avram Vina told the idol worshippers. He said that you're saying the Abishter has nothing to do with this world because this world is too inferior. He has nothing to do with the higher worlds also by that same logic. So therefore, instead of Avram Vina said, yes, Hashem is exalted, but as the Pasuk says, Hamashpili Lires, he lowers himself to see what's going on both in the heavens and the earth. Rizal's opinion is Hashem's equally in Atzilus and even more here, because we find his essence here where you don't find his essence above. So there's a level of Hashem that's even more revealed here than above. So if you want to get Rizal deep. I think you're, you're going into Chabad Chassidus. Uh, <laughs> but but, but uh, the, the reason. Like what's the greatest feat for Hashem? Something from nothing? Or changing the miracles during uh, Yamsuf? And uh, it's, it's a classic well, question. Well, let's talk about just oh. the, what the Arizal said. Arizal said, what's more incomparable to Hashem's infinity? So, the, so they're equal. Hatzilus and Hatzilus are equally nothing compared to Hashem's infinity. They're equally negligible. One's not more important compared to Hashem's infinity. Yeah, if you want to talk about the goal of Shem and creation and the revelation of Hashem, one's greater. Okay, that's more of a Chabad Hasidic uh, discussion. But, but what Avramavinu knew that the idol worshippers in his time did not is that Hashem is infinite, and therefore you cannot say that he's interested in, more interested in the heavens and the earth. Instead, Avramavinu said he's interested in both. Okay, that's the first thing that Avramavinu was great about, that he knew about divine providence. Vabez, when people line starts with the word Vabez, the way that Avram Vinu went about publicizing godliness was through this 
hotel kind of thing. What's so great about Avram Binu publicizing Galenius through this hotel? He is It sounds like the way the Torah portrays Avram Avinu, he had this great thing, he had this Eishel, he had this place where people came to eat and drink, he had this restaurant, and that's how he publicized Hashem's name. It sounds like there's something special about the Eishel. Well, the Eishel is just a tool, just a way that he publicized Hashem's name. Let's say he would have a sign. Let's say he would have a... I mean, there's so many ways you could publicize Hashem's name. The Gemara draws attention to this, and it seems like this is something that has intrinsic value. The main thing seems to be the fact that he publicized Hashem's name. Why is it important how he did it? I know what Zev's thinking. Zev's thinking is, it's a message for us. You want to publicize Hashem's name, you got army moves on its stomach, you got to, you got to give, give people food. To bring with them. I think I share this with you. Uh, what's the difference between Shemachayim Kassim when he was Febrengen and this guy walks into to Febrengen and he's like, tell people about hell. He's talking about divine providence. So Shem cares for everybody. Give everyone the message about hell and, and fear of God and they'll do tshuva. So Shemachayim said, you should know that Noach had that method. He, he walked around for 120 years. He told everyone the world's going to be uh, over tomorrow, and he didn't have one ball troop after 100 years. What did Avram Avinu do? He gave people food, and he drank, and he fell bread with them, and he had thousands of ball Yeah, the world guys <laughs> walking up and down Hollywood right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, not, he's not getting a following. Alright, so, uh, so, so that's, that, um, and, and the Rebbe doesn't say that, like that answer for some reason. Perhaps the reason Rebbe doesn't like that answer is because the Torah the Torah is not saying. Um, the Torah is telling, telling us of the greatness of Avram. So it seems like Avram. The Torah is adding to his greatness. You know how he did it. In other words, it's 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 a prat. It's a detail in the greatness of Avram Avinu. It's not. It's not that this is a good way to do things. This is this is part of the virtues of Avram. The Torah is extolling his virtues. He did it through a hotel. So it's not to make it more real to the person he's trying to do it to. This is. A mile of that's what it's, the way the Torah seems to portray, and that's our question: Why is it a virtue of Avram? Seemingly, the, whatever he publicized through this restaurant, the main thing is that he let them know about godliness and he explained to them many things about Hashem with many examples. So the Gemois and parables, she is and He wanted them with all these examples and parables; they should understand it well. Avram Avinu gave them an ability to understand godliness through explanation that even these people which were from the masses, people which were not intelligent at all, were able to understand it too. And those who were listening to Avram shaking their head, they had no idea what he was saying, but just Avram's Avram's, who Avram Avinu was, made them feel this is the way it is. We don't understand why, but this, this, this guy's got Rebbe. it. What do you mean? Huh? They walk into 770, they have no idea what the rabbi is saying or anything, where they just look, they know this is the real deal, something is going on here. And right, and the Chiddush over here is not talking about Yidin, we're talking about Arabs, who are simple Arabs who have no idea what's going on. And they admitted that Avram Avinu was, was saying the, the truth. 
is given on Reden. Listen to these words. There was such a life and love t- for Hashem in his words as even those who couldn't understand, they couldn't fully understand what he was saying, they still admitted that his words were correct because of they felt the life and truth in his words. There was so much life and such truth and such love in his words, they felt this guy has got it. What do you tell them? He explained to them like this. That he, blessed be he, created the world and all creatures, and he created them with the spirit of his lips. With the word of God, the heavens were created. With the spirit of his lips, all the hosts were created. Aramino further explained to them that the way that Hashem made the world and the creatures in the world is not the way that you make a vessel. The way a craftsman makes a vessel is at first he makes a vessel and a vessel can now has, is able to stay and exist by itself. And it no longer needs a craftsman. But the way Hashem made the world is that they're constantly, the world and the creatures in the world are constantly being renewed. They constantly need Hashem to be there to make them exist. The reason for this distinction, it's amazing. Avram Vino wasn't just telling them about Hashem. He was telling them chapters of Tanya. You know, this is, this is, chapter, this is chapter 2 of <coughs> He told them that when a craftsman makes a vessel, what's a craftsman doing? He's just changing one thing to another thing. He's just changing the form of something. The craftsman is taking this object, this this golem, this unformed mass, and he's making a form. The craftsman is not creating anything; it's just changing its form. When a craftsman makes a vessel out of wood or metal, the wood or metal existed before. And the craftsman is just making a form, just making the, this, this vessel to have a form. He's just changing it from one form to another. Before he made, before the wood is formed into a vessel, it also has a form. It's, it's, there's, there's a piece of wood there. It's, 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 I just read a story about the Rebbe, that the Rebbe was very careful um, to say anything, um, uh, always to say things in positive and positive, so that when someone brought to the Rebbe the love of Shom Lechem, and the Rebbe want, wanted to tell him to put it on the floor, mm-hmm. instead of telling him to put it on the floor, he said, put it on top of the Eitzim, <laughs> the Eitzim, on, on, top, on top of the trees, on top of the wood. <laughs> It's more it's more of a positive language to say for love instead of put put on top of the wood. Anyways, so um, so so the wood has a form even before the wood is formed into a vessel. It still has some form. It's it's in, when we say it's unformed, it means it's unformed into a vessel. But it is it still has a form. It still has a shape. Um, the, the way it's formed now is that it has no functionary value, but it does have a form. The craftsman 
who makes a vessel, he causes that this thing should have some practical usage according to the quality of that vessel. Whether he wants this vessel to be able to receive food or drink, whatever the goal of this vessel is, that's how he makes the vessel. So all the craftsman is doing is changing the form. He's changing it from an unformed form, a goylem form, a, a mass, to have some practical usage, to a form that will bring benefit. The cause of Yesh Miyesh, whatever he's doing, is just changing it from one form to another. However, the creation of the world is something from nothing. And in regards to this kind of creation, something from nothing, there has to be a constant force keeping it in existence. Okay, when we use the words yesh me'ayin, it's a little tricky, those words. Yesh me'ayin literally means something from nothing. The world is not really something from nothing, either. The world is something from something, too. What's the world from? The world was Hashem's, Hashem's words. Hashem said, let there be light. The words of Hashem, let there be light, creates light. So how is that different to the, uh, to the craftsman making the vessel? He's t- taking one form of wood and he's making it into a vessel. So to Hashem's words, Hashem's godly energy is now departing from the spiritual and now it has a physical form. It's also a change of form. Why are we saying it's something from nothing? Huh? Why does it be constant? We're saying it has to be constant because it's brand new. It's not brand new. The godly energy of Hashem, let there be light, is what becomes a physical light. So it's it's there's it first has a spiritual form, now it's a physical form. There's the words of Hashem, right? They exist as a spiritual energy. That that becomes a physical light in the world. Okay. And that has to be constant. Before you say it has to be constant, you're saying it has to be constant because it's a something new is being created, as opposed to the, by the vessel. The energy source has to be constantly. constantly. Why is that? Why is the constant energy, energy creating the physical light? Why, why can't the Shem just create it, let it, let it go? Because he wants to be involved. Exactly. Hashem wanting to be involved is why Hashem, that's, that's one reason why Hashem chose to create the world in a way that he constantly has to be there. That's true, Hashem cares about creation. Is that what you're asking? Why is he doing it in this way? No, well, I'm, well, the, 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 the Shem made the world in a way that, that he, the Torah says, know the God of your father. So Hashem made the world in a way that it's possible to know something. <coughs> so that means that we're not saying Hashem is perfect, he can make it any way he wants to. We're saying Hashem made the world in a way that we can know something about. So one of the things we know about the way Hashem made the world, that I've just explained, that I've explained to his guests, that there has to be a constant force in creation. Why does it have to be a constant force in creation? Because creation is different to forming a vessel. How is it different to forming a vessel? Because when you form a vessel, you're just changing the form of something. right? It's changing the form from being a piece of wood to being a vessel, to being a cup. But Hashem made the world out of nothing. That's my so question. It's not, not nothing. nothing. It's the word of Hashem. Right. So why are you saying it's nothing? So in essence, we're saying the word of Hashem is nothing. Right. Why are you saying that's nothing? So it's something from something. It's, and it's changing its form from being a spiritual to physical. So the answer is, very simply, is that from spiritual to physical is considered something from nothing. There is a quantum leap between the spiritual and the physical. There, there is no comparison at all between the way something is in its spiritual state the way it is in its physical state. So it is called something from nothing. 
I, I'm thinking of giving Dr. Bressman a hug. So, so what, and then I go over and actually give him a hug. When did the hug start? When did the hug, the hug began in my mind. But from your perspective, when did the hug began? When you made contact. When you made contact, that's when the hug started. So, so the, although we're thinking about it for an hour, I'm going to give this guy a hug, what a, he deserves a hug, what a great guy. That, that whole thought process does not exist in your world. Similarly, the godly energy, which is a source of creation, does not exist in the same way that physical creatures exist. It's a whole different kind of, it's a whole different plane of existence. So what's a further quantum leap that you're saying? From Hashem's word to their actually becoming physical, or Hashem's no word, nothing there, to now they're being Hashem's word? Okay, that's, that's, that's a good question, but let's hold that question for a second. <laughs> let's hold that question for a second. So, so that's why the Rebbe is saying it's yesh mei something from nothing. It's not from nothing. It's from a spiritual energy. But that spiritual energy is incomparable to the physical. It's, it's a totally different kind of existence. To the extent that we're calling it something from nothing, it's a thing from a non-thing. It's not a thing. The spiritual energy is not, is not a thing compared to the physical existence. In the way that the ayin, that the gali energy is in the yesh, in the physical, has to be constant. There has to be a measurement to what this thing is to see if it's able to receive the godly energy. Although the ayin has to always be in the yesh, although the energy of Hashem has to always be there in the yesh, but the way the ayin is in the yesh is in a way of concealment. The Abishar has to hide himself from the creature, although the Abishar has to constantly be there. But there has to be, constantly hide himself. And although the ayin is so concealed from the yesh, that the yesh, the created being, has no understanding of the ayin that's creating him, has no understanding of the ayin that's, that's giving him life, that's why he calls it ayin. That's why he's calling it ayin. The ayin perusha ayin ayin the yesh, the existed being, the created being, the physical being, calls the godly energy that's creating it non-existent. Why? Even though it knows it has to have this ayin to exist, but it's not in the same realm of existence, and therefore it says it's not a thing. It doesn't exist. It does exist. It exists more than the, the created being. In the contrary, it's a source of the created being, but it's not existent in the same way that it exists. It's a different kind of existence. It's not understood at all by it. Okay, and yet, although it's so, so much higher and from the physical reality, yet there has, it has to constantly be there and create it in order for it to exist. To be continued. <laughs>